Bet you didn't know you'd be hearing from us today, did ya? Anyway, so today is our Valentine's Day special bonus episode, and we have brought for your reading enjoyment our reading recommendations all about different kinds of love. Olivia, you said this was our Valentine's special. I'd also like to give a shout out to our single friends out there and say this can just be a National Singles Awareness Day podcast episode. Yeah, and I think you'll find when we talk about our books, it's not all rainbows and unicorns. No, or or butterflies. It's not any of those things exclusively. Sometimes we are going to talk about love that really makes you, if you are single, pretty happy about that Mm -hmm. and so yeah we are we're here to take care of all of our friends no matter what their relationship status all right so we have chosen four categories romantic love love gone wrong self-love familial love familial friendship love so we have chosen one book for each category and we can start with romantic love you want to go first yeah i'll jump right in so i am the worst person to ask for um like a traditional romance recommendation. I don't actually read romance. My friend Kelly Kobiella, shout out to her. She's a librarian in Wisconsin. She would be the best person to ask. I am not. So I kind of copped out a little bit and I chose a classic that Mm. I consider the all-time enemies to lovers trope, which is going to be Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen. sure, yeah. And um, I love this book so much because it... I mean, the fact that it's still popular after 200 years is pretty amazing. I feel like it examines relationships, both um, friendships, love relationships, familial relationships. You get to see different varieties of relationships and love throughout the book. Um, With our main character, you get to see her fall in love. There's good humor in this book. Um, Jane Austen was magnificent at poking, um, poking fun at the people that were sort of society folks. And that comes across in this. And the best, most ridiculous character is Mr. Collins, who is um, Elizabeth Bennett, who's the main character. It's her cousin. I don't know how much more to recommend this book. If you haven't read it yet, seriously, I, I can't recommend this one enough. I read it every couple of years. It's one of my favorites. My copy is super marked up. There's post-it notes on certain pages. I write in the margins of my copy, my personal copy, not a library book. <laughs> and it's just, it is for me, it's the best love story that I can think of. It's definitely the OG. It is. It is. Enemies to lovers. And it still holds up. And you know what I think makes it just a great love story is that it's not just about the two main characters. Yes. I think there's a lot of love stories that are written that way, and those can be perfectly enjoyable. But I like when there's, like you said, other things. There's... Mm-hmm like social commentary, there's a friendship, there Mm -hmm. are characters and concerns outside of like a constant will they won't they story throughout the whole thing and well-rounded characters other than the two main. And if you watch the um, Colin Firth version of the movie, the BBC one, you get to see him jump in a pond and hop out soaking wet. It's just best scene in the movie that was not in the book, but um, librarian stamp of approval that they put that in there. And it's... um, a lot of fun to watch. Two out also, of two librarians agree. <laughs> two out of two. <laughs> Several dentists did not agree with that. <laughs> Who wants I, those nerds anyway? <laughs> nerds. <laughs> I will also say it's my favorite opening line in a book. The line is, 
it is a truth universally acknowledged that a single man in possession of a good fortune must be in want of a wife. And that speaks volumes to folks with money, society folks in England at the turn of the 19th century. It's also funny. It is very funny. Very witty way to open a book. If you've got money, we have to pair you off with somebody. What better way to start a romance? Perfect. And did you like the Kara Knightley version? No. Really? Hate it. Really? Yeah. What's your beef with it? Um, I feel like the BBC one that came out in the 90s was so good. It's hard good to beat that one, yeah. And so close to the book. And it's it's long. Like, if you're going to watch it, buckle up, buttercup. Because it's like five, what, four and a half, five hours. The Kara Knightley, they took this beautiful, long, long-ish, what, 400-page novel. And they turned it into, like just around two hours and it didn't feel like it did the book justice I didn't like having seen the original BBC one first I didn't like the character portrayals in the second one with Keira Knightley I thought the casting in the Colin Firth one was spot on I didn't love the characters like the guy who plays Darcy I thought was kind of dopey and I know a lot of my friends disagree with that and everybody thinks he's like this dreamboat not my cup of tea yeah my mom's gonna unsubscribe after this sorry sorry Sorry, Olivia's mom sorry Pam Sorry, Pam. Yeah. I mean, I, st- I think I like the Kira Knightley version, but yeah, you, it, it's just impossible to beat the that original BBC. It's so good. And I did, the first time I watched it, I didn't realize it was like a miniseries. I thought it was a movie. Mm-hmm. So I sat down and I watched the whole like, What's thing? happening? Why does it keep ending and opening with that scene of the hands stitching and that, ah. the music? Oh, I've seen it a lot, friends. Yeah. I own it. And I watch it anytime my husband goes on a business trip because strangely, he says he doesn't need to see it more than once. <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about. I think... Oh. Lies. Lies. What do you think about... Well, you know what? I actually think we should investigate this book further in the future mm-hmm. because there's so much to talk about with it. Yes. There have been so many spinoffs, some pretty successful i think it lends itself mm-hmm. to a lot of you know we got you got your bridget jones yep. you got the lizzie bennett diaries i don't know if you've ever seen those it was a youtube series hank green was involved in oh no i didn't in but my I do like years hank green. wow when i was wearing a bell bottoms skirt. no i was wearing oh. that was when i was wearing dresses over jeans it was that era the zoe deschanel oh, era wow okay yeah it's a lot of layers i was too yeah too warm for that it was too, yeah. And that sounds like sweat material, just sweaty. It's a lot of layers <laughs> of clothes to cook in. So Jeans already trap heat, and then you have a skirt over top. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't understand a lot of fashion styles. Can I give a shout-out to my runner-up for this category? Yes. I did tell you I had a runner-up. So going with the classics, runner-up for me is a play. It's Much Ado About Nothing by Shakespeare. It's really fun. Again, it's the um, enemies to lovers trope. If you watch, if you if you're like, hey, Shakespeare's not for me. I can't read it. I can't get into it. The movie with Emma Thompson and Benedict Benedict Cumberbatch. What am I talking about? The movie with <laughs> that's Emma a little t- spoiler for later. By that the way, that was weird, right? Just you wait. Oh, um, the movie with Emma Thompson and Kenneth Branagh is very good. They play the main character, female and male, and the chemistry is fantastic because they're actually married at the time. So there's a lot of really good um, chemistry, sexual tension that kind of leads to this relationship at the end and it's just a fantastic really fun movie highly recommend it watch it if you refuse to read shakespeare so that's my runner-up that's a good one it I is think a fun we watched one. that in choir many years ago wow yeah i liked it 
Very nice. All right. So my pick for romantic love was The Flat Share by Beth O'Leary. Have you ever read this? Mm -mm. I read one of her other books, though. I I haven't read anything else by her, but I loved this one. It, It had that thing, which I really love, where an author takes a big swing with a nutty conceit like the plot line is kind of nuts and mm-hmm. it you almost want to be like okay but it actually you love the character so much you're willing to be like okay all right so here's the premise <laughs> <laughs> main character tiffy needs somewhere to live so she answers an ad for a flat share so this is obviously a british book mm-hmm and um so she needs a roommate i can't remember why she has some sort of like she lost her housing situation so she's desperate and she doesn't have a ton of money she's kind of like a little bit like artistic i guess would be Mm. the euphemism for Mm. it so a little flaky okay and so she the ad is this is where it gets a little hard to the um guy who owns the the flat works days no he works nights okay and she works days so they would be sharing the same everything it's just a one bedroom so they'd share the same bedroom but they would never be in the flat at the same time because they have like separate beds though right no ew i wouldn't want to sleep in somebody else's sheets what is that is that like is that normal i don't want to sound super like western culture snobby but I yeah. can't sleep in other people's sheets. It makes me well. Feel it it doesn't okay. it doesn't stress Tiffy out too much. So she's she's so desperate. She's like Tiffy. You know what? You do you. So she answers the ad. She's into it. She doesn't have m- much choice. And so Leon, who is the roommate, and she never meet. Mm-hmm. They just leave each other notes around the house, and so you can kind of adorable. see. Yeah, you see their relationship start to develop. I thought it was a really smart love story. It has that Mm -hmm. thing I said where there's well-rounded characters. There's other storylines. It's not just this romance. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, it's, it's just fun to, for an author to do something so wild and then be like, okay, how are you going to pull this off? Sounds super fun. All right. So let's move on to maybe the darker side. Love gone wrong. So many good stories like this in pop culture. There are. There's a lot. This one was actually, so I said I don't read romance, but Love Gone Wrong is in a lot of books. Yeah, sure. And the story I chose to go with was um, The Great Alone by Kristen Hanna. Have you read that? I have been orbiting around oh, this title. How many recommendations have you had? Have it's, you hit the three? At least. Amanda Rule? Yes. Maybe it's time. I think it might be time. I think I, it was so good. I think I read it. And listen to listen to it in my car on Libby at the same time. Like I would listen to it in my car and then go home and flip the pages to where I left off and then keep reading because it I had to see how it ended. I love when I love a book that much. I know yes. exactly what you mean. Yes. Mm-hmm. So good. So I know you've mentioned some of your favorite um, tropes in fiction. I love coming of age stories. Me so too. there's a lot of middle grade fiction for kids I enjoy, but I love it when it's in adult books too. So there is a coming of age story in the middle of this family story. It's a mom, a dad, and the daughter. And Ernt is the dad, and he's a Vietnam vet and former POW. So this takes place in the 70s. So this is right after he finishes his time in Vietnam. The mom is um, Cora. Cora is the wife of Ernt. And they have a tween, teen daughter named Lenny. I feel like at the start of the book, she's either like 11 or 13. So coming, coming into her own. So the dad decides rather impulsively that they're going to go off the grid and they're going to move to Alaska. 
and none of them is prepared for what they encounter. Obviously, it's a very rough, rugged landscape. It's a really hard place to survive if it's not what you grew up with. Um, So they get to know their neighbors and they rely really heavily on the neighbors, helping them learn how to survive through not just the winter, but things like bears and all the other crazy stuff that happens in Alaska. So while this is all happening, you start to see the dad's kind of mental health unwinding. He's getting more and more unhinged because... You know, we know nowadays about PTSD and yeah. the struggles that people face with their mental health after really horrible things like time in the military, time in the war. You start to see the dad becoming like uglier and uglier to the mom and the daughter. And the daughter becomes friends with a guy and they start hanging out. And so the the relationship gone wrong is definitely the mother and father. You see, unfortunately, because he's not doing anything to care for his mental health, he's getting more and more paranoid and it's causing more and more strife between him and his wife. So you see that relationship coming apart, but you also see the daughter, Lenny, who loved her dad and was very close with, with him in the beginning. You see how him, you know, starting to become more abusive in the relationship, how it's changing her relationship and her love of her father as well. So you have all these different layers at the same time as Lenny is coming of age, she starts to hang out with this boy more and more and you start to see her relationship change with him. So it's a story about relationships set in Alaska and Alaska is as much a character. I love Alaska stories. I know. And it's so good. It's as much a character as the people are. And I love that in books when the authors take a place and make it a character Mm -hmm. and make it like a very real character. So Alaska is a character as much as Lenny's a character. I don't really, I even wrote this on my notes. I don't really want to say that much because I feel like I'll give something away and it's such a good book. It was, I enjoyed it so much that I literally put it down and I picked up um, The Four Winds, which was her next book right after that. And I I just, I ate those books up. I think I read both of them in like two weeks. Okay. So good. I got so sucked in. It's adult fiction, super fantastic, wonderfully written. I highly recommend it. I've heard so many good things about that book. I've heard so many people rave about it. And I do. I love everything Alaska. I don't know what it is, but I, I've never even been and I love it. No, me it. neither. Yeah. I will watch anything that's in Alaska. I mm-hmm. will read anything. Maybe because in my deep down heart, I know I probably won't go there, but it's like, yeah. like, have you ever watched Port Protection? Mm-mm. It's my favorite TV show. I remember you telling me about that. <laughs> I tell everyone about it. It's a reality show. It's just like this little hard scrabble community and they live just by like fishing. Steve and I just watched mm-hmm. the newest episode last night. I can't even imagine that. Every time he and I watch it, we're like, we're going to live like that. We're going to go live on a float. And then like a millisecond later, we're like, that would be, we would immediately die. All right. Good one. Yeah. Thanks. Now let's hear about your love gone wrong. Well, I picked ghosts by Dolly Alderton and Dolly Alderton. If you don't know her, um, she is a British columnist. She actually started as a like a dating columnist, and now she has an agony aunt column, or what we would call an advice column. And she wrote Everything I Know About Love, which is one of the contenders for this, and that was a memoir about growing up. She's my age, and she talks about you know just being in her 20s mm-hmm. and dating, and um, the... The book is mostly about her friendship with her best friend. And they actually recently made a TV show about it. So if you've heard everything I know about love, that's not the one I'm talking about today. I'm talking about Ghosts, which is a novel. 
And it is about a her first novel, and it is about a writer who named Nina. She's a food writer, and she meets this man named Max, and they have a whirlwind relationship. And then she gets ghosted, and he just, oh. for whatever reason you don't know, he just disappears, stops writing her back. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know where he went, and it's this sort of grappling with what that does to a person in our modern mm-hmm. age and how you know, navigating dating in our modern age and what it's like to have so many options in dating apps, Mm -hmm. but not really that many options for in-person connection and community. And, and there are other storylines too. So it's not just about Max. It's about her best friend has a baby and she has to navigate what that's like because she doesn't. Mm -hmm. And you know, that thirties thing of like when your friends start making big choices, um, they have to, that weird sort of thing where you're not sure if your relationship's going to really survive it and mm-hmm. you have to just keep making that decision to be friends even though you're in really different places. There's a lot of well-rounded characters and multiple storylines that I thought were pretty relatable for people of any age, but she's writing particularly people in their 30s and mm-hmm. in this era. If you like her, Dolly Alderton, she has a terrific podcast called love stories it was just like a short form podcast and she would have a guest on and each guest would talk about their first love their unrequited love their passionate love and their everlasting love so it would be yeah so marion keys episode is my very favorite one Mm because marion keys she's great she is so funny stanley tucci was on it he did a great episode stanley tucci stanley tucci if you're listening and you want to be on our podcast please bring some pasta and we're here for it the tooch the tooch (laughs) reach out well it's okay so you were saying she's a food writer yeah do you think food writers this is like i think about this a lot because i watch a lot of like instagram food videos i do a lot of food reading food it's great right yeah do you think they ever run out of do you think they're ever just like i'm washed up because i can't i can't think of a better way to describe luscious butter than calling it luscious butter (laughs) i think if you're at luscious you're you're doing pretty well i think you can circle back to like Romance writing. Oh, oh okay. Writing. I mean, if you're calling butter luscious, maybe you've already got some like other fun words up there. Yeah, maybe your your interests have sort of started to change, and you did you acknowledge that? Watch Ten Things I Hate About You. I sure did. I saw the, theaters. It's um. Um, is it Allison Janney? Janie? Yeah. When she's the school counselor yes. and she's also writing a romance novel the whole time. So when the kids say certain words, she's like, oh, and then you see her kind of like jotting that down in her romance novel book. What was the word? Notepad. Oh, I'll Turgid. think of it. Uh, yeah. Or engorged. Engorged. Yeah. And t- <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's the a lot romance of writer principal. I think I see myself in that character now more than. And when I was young, I would have seen myself in the Julius. We've Stiles come, character. we've come full circle because we talked about how um, Pride and Prejudice was inspiration for a lot of other stories. Um, Shakespeare's Taming of the Shrew—that's what Ten Things oh, I Hate right. About You is based on. So, taking Shakespeare, and making it 1990s, early 2000s, with a fun current, well, current at the time twist. If you haven't seen it, what a fun movie! That's Heath a great Ledger. Oh, Heath Ledger is a Heath twenty-something, gorgeous. Lift a glass to Heath tonight, you guys. I'm going to drink some of my Tim's in his honor. (laughs) Heath, in my favorite, that bleacher scene is one of Heath's greatest contributions Mm -hmm. to pop culture. When he spins around on the bleachers. Ah, wonderful. Legacy, icon of the age. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you to Heath. 
And that's our love gone wrong. And that's a really that's a really good love gone wrong movie. Mm-hmm. It's ten things I hate about you. We're on to self love, I think, Olivia. Yes. So. Stories where the characters learn to love themselves, love their identity, love their culture is where I'm going with mine. Okay. Um so this is a graphic novel that came out, I think, in twenty eighteen. It is called Good Talk, a memoir and conversations by Mira Jacob. It sounds like something I would have read. If I it haven't read it, I'm going to. super popular when it came out. It got a lot of nods and awards, I believe. And I know some book groups around where I was living at the time were covering it. So maybe it's possible you did it as part of your book group. So um, I want to read this quote from the author, which I thought was a really great way of describing why I felt like this goes along with the self-love um, theme. So Mira Jacobs said in an interview about this book, um, which is a graphic novel, which for our friends that don't know what graphic novels are, um, so we know what comics are. Comics are things like Calvin and Hobbes, Garfield, Snoopy, things of that nature, the far side, where it's a short vignette, and that's they're communicating the whole story in like maybe four little windows. A graphic novel is where they are taking a whole story and turning that into graphic format, so it has color pictures it might be black and white and the pictures really lend to the story it helps develop the story through the pictures graphic novels are a fantastic way to get reluctant readers into reading they're really great for kids with dyslexia they're also i know we have parents occasionally that are like well i don't want my kids reading these comics and i'm like well they're graphic novels and understand they are telling a story with a lot less words than a normal book so they use tougher language generally in graphic novels and they pack more of a punch and i've never seen a kid that loves graphic novels stop reading yeah so i always tell people if your kids are reading graphic novels at least they're reading yeah totally um so and sometimes the the art is so beautiful it really adds it's to the gorgeous like just another format it's gorgeous i love graphic novels i read a ton of them i love adult non-fiction graphic Me novels mm-hmm. um anywho mira jacob said of good talk In an interview, I forget which interview this was from, but she said, what I wanted to write about was not the kumbaya fantasy or the gross assumptions, but the actual reality. It's all of these things. We have moments of tremendous love and we have tremendous dissonance. We have moments when we get each other and moments when we've really failed each other. That's what love looks like. It's complicated and it is real. The minute you're not allowed to investigate your own interiority and complexity, you've lost. I want to stop losing. So Good Talk is um, was written after she started answering questions to her six-year-old. That's kind of why the subtitle is a memoir on conversation. She started, her six-year-old son started asking her all these questions about race, about identity, because he's biracial. So her six-year-old starts asking her all these questions because he's trying to understand what being biracial means. The book covered what it's like to be a person of color in America, And it is really beautiful. It's very poignant. There are really touching moments. There's really funny moments, as you can imagine, funny questions from coming from a six-year-old. So it is just really interesting, really fascinating. I think it's always good to read stories that give us a different perspective on people. That's why I read a lot of nonfiction. And especially to read about uh, very different experiences. I'm a white person that came from middle-class, blue-collar family, so... For me to read about a woman that's, you know, a person of color with a biracial child who came from uh, a foreign country. I love that kind of thing because I love to learn more about other people's experiences. So highly recommend it. It is fantastic. It's coming to terms with your identity, your 
your background, your family, and it's just gorgeous. So I, if you go to check this out at the library and find that it is checked out on Valentine's Day, it's probably because I have it because I'm absolutely going to read that. That sounds right. I actually right don't think we own it. What? As a graphic novel, we owned it as an ebook. Oh, well. But you can still get it, or you can order it through Mel with your Troy card. Okay. So we're going to see if we can maybe order that one because that one so sounds good. really good. So good. Have you ever read Lucy Nisley books? I have read all of Lucy Nisley's books. Lucy Nisley's Even her kids' books. ones. I love them. Me too. I love She's them. She's another one if you like graphic novels, Lucy Nisley. They're all autobiographical, I think. What was the one? Yeah. It's like My Travel monologue or something where she travels around with her grandparents for six months or a year yeah that was fun french milk is the first one i read i think that was like her breakout one where she goes to france with her mom and talk about a good food book too Mm -hmm. it must be hungry or something i'm talking about a lot of food stuff but she books are so much fun yeah i love her drawings i follow her on instagram and she has little cartoons and they're so good Yep. Yeah. Do you think that the art style in Good Talk is similar? Okay, because Lucy Nisley books have this really clean mm-hmm. line. I would say yes. Yeah. I, I struggle with graphic novels where they use a lot of black and white versus color, mm. and it looks really um, kind of messy. Sketchy. Like, yes, yeah. more sketched and less clean. Yeah. My brain does not like that. And me those neither. will be the ones I flip through, and I'm like, ah, that's probably a good story, but it's not for me. It stresses me out. I know. I like the clean, mm-hmm. that Tintin style. or Tintin. Tin, tin. Okay, so the book I picked for, great pick, by the way. Thank you. The book I picked for self-love was a book that came out, I think, this year. This book is not about Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> <laughs> Which I slipped and said, since he wasn't even in that movie we talked about earlier. <laughs> My Tabitha Carvin. Uh, it is a memoir. I loved this book. It's a really short sort of journalistic memoir. The author, It's. it starts when the, the author has, you know, these kids. I think she says something like, it was the first time she hadn't been pregnant for like three years. She was just pregnant constantly or nursing, con- you know, pregnant or nursing for three years. Excellent. And she goes to a coffee shop and she finally feels the sense of like autonomy because she's just been giving of herself, you know, for so long just to these kids. She goes to a coffee shop and she sees a picture of Benedict Cumberbatch on a newspaper and just immediately falls into in love with him. And she's just obsessed, like completely hard crushing on Benedict Cumberbatch. Mm -hmm. And she's sort of like confused about her own reaction because she admits in the book she doesn't even really find him that attractive. It's just something about him that just draws her in. Mm-hmm. So she goes on this. She's a writer, so she decides to sort of investigate this reaction. And she realizes immediately she's not delusional. She doesn't think they're ever going to meet or fall in love in real life or something. Mm-hmm. It's just something fun to think about in her spare time. And she hadn't had anything really fun to think about in a okay. while because she'd been so self-sacrificing. Sure. So she interviews other um, Cumberbatch fans and tries to understand like why it's him, like why he's the, her, the object of her affection. Mm-hmm. Then she interviews women who kind of go against the grain to pursue the things that they love. So um, one of the things that comes to mind is a woman who records 
like erotica fan fiction <laughs> in her house and she had she had her husband and son build her a soundproof booth so she like reads audiobooks basically reads the audiobooks Good for her and puts those record and she, she's like happily married she's like a, she's an older woman with like a really stable life and this is just something she likes and something she wants to do so the book explores women who just pursue their passions even though it's like their quote unquote embarrassing ones there's a good quote um I think this is a blurb about the book. It says, so it says she talks about Benedict Cumberbatch, but more importantly, she asks, what happens if we simply decide to follow our interests like we used to, unabashedly, audaciously, shamelessly? After all, Carvin realizes there's true untapped power in finding your thing, even if that thing happens to be a British-born Marvel superhero and loving it like your life depends on it. So she's really funny. I think she's really smart. Her interviews are great. She's a great writer. And it's mm -hmm. actually, it has quite a bit of depth, which I wasn't expecting. I was expecting it to be sort of a surface comic memoir. Yeah. yeah. But it's really um, fun. It's really good. And I, I like love, the social dynamic of like her talking to other people about mm -hmm. what their thing is. Without judgment, although sometimes yeah. she is like nervous about it, like shoulders going up by your mm -hmm. ears, like uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. But um, there's a lot in the book about the different ways that society views men's obsessions Versus, as opposed to women's. Yep, yep. And so like we're fine with the dude that has lion's gear all over his house because Man like cave. the whole cave dedicated to his obsessions. Yeah. But the woman that's like obsessed with cats is a joke or like the... Why are you looking at me when you said it, Olivia? I have one and yes, he's the center of my universe. Hemi, this is for you. <laughs> this episode and all episodes are dedicated to Hemingway. Hemingway. The cat, not the guy. No, the cat. Yes, not the man. Let's not give him any more kudos. <laughs> so I loved Yikes. that part of it. That I love so passionate people sometimes... Even if they're a little much, I love people who have a passion. I love people who have sort of an adolescent passion all throughout their sure. life. I just think life can be really boring in adulthood. Well, and when you were talking, the first thing I thought was, you know, when you're kids, you get so into something. Like, yeah. I was super into horses. Me too. For, like, it's one of those things where you're sure. like, I have the pictures all over my wall. Me Our too. neighbor had horses. Like, I'd go down and, like, oh, try and, jealous. like, give their horses carrots and things. And it's like... It's so your thing for so long and maybe it gets replaced by an obsession with Tom Cruise in your teen years, whatever. Those were different days. It's I'm just, just saying example. this is anybody. It's just an example. I'm calm not talking down, about me. Gosh, just an Gosh everyone calm down, take a deep breath. So but you are so into it. And then when you get older, yeah, I feel like sometimes as an adult, you're like, well, it's kind of silly, but... And it's like, don't start talking about your hobbies with it's kind of silly. Just love stuff. This is my jam. Say, this is my jam. This is my passion. Yeah, I crochet doilies that look like cats. Whatever. If that's what you do every day, congratulations Life for having is a hard, hobby. And it makes me happy and it distracts me. We're not me here to judge anybody. No. When you're on listening to the podcast, you're in the trust tree with us. And we don't want to get pushed into the judgment bushes below. <laughs> okay. We're just here to support you in your weird passions. Yeah. Let totally. your freak flag fly, my friends. That's a really good way to put it. Let's just leave it there. So that is, this book is not about Benedict Cumberbatch by Tabitha Carvin. She's Australian too. I don't know if that. Oh. So our final category, Olivia, is familial love, love between family members. And I feel like all of my books today have been some really rough topics, mm. like really intense relationships, right? Except maybe Pride and Prejudice. But this one is like, whew. But this was one of my favorite books the year it came out. Did you ever read 
on earth were briefly gorgeous. I never, I love oh Ocean Vong's poems, but I I've never too. read that book. Oh, that's a good segue into this because Ocean Vong was a poet first, and this was his first novel. And you can tell he's a poet when you read or listen to this book because it is so lyrical and beautiful and so easy to read. I felt like I was riding on ocean waves the whole time, even though it's a really intense book and it's has really painful parts. Um, it was so it was written so in such a beautiful fashion that it kind of helped you get through the really hard stuff. So I love epistolary novels, which are novels written in letter format. So Gilead is another one by Marilyn Robinson. I love that book when it came out. It's written that one was written in letters from a father who's dying to his son. Um, on Earth were briefly gorgeous. They're letters written from a son to his mother. And they're written in English, and the mother is from, I think, Vietnam, and she doesn't actually speak or read English very well. So he's writing her this these letters, and he is divulging about his past, about the the love that he shared with his mother, and mm -hmm. the the abuse he saw her go through, and the hardships that they endured together. Um, his father was abusive. They had. Um, different negative interactions with people because they were immigrants from Vietnam and he grew up after the Vietnam, the uh, Vietnam war. So just these, these really tough life experiences. And then in his letters, he also um, divulges to his mother that he is gay. Mm. The book is beautiful. The, the main theme is love between mother and son, but it also talks about sexuality, masculinity, race, and class. It, it packs a punch, but it's a really short book. It's, I want to say it's under 300 pages. Um, but as always, trigger warnings, um, it doesn't talk about addiction, trauma, violence. Um, the father, I think, had been a soldier in Vietnam, and he it sounds like he had some PTSD as well. As um, Interestingly enough, I didn't even put the connection together with The Great Alone, where the dad also had that experience. Um, the year this came out, I think it came out in 2019, it got a ton of recognition. It was long listed for the National Book Award for Fiction, the Carnegie Medal, uh, the Aspen Words Literacy Prize, the Penn Hemingway Novel Award. Um, it got huge buzz from Vulture, Entertainment Weekly, BuzzFeed, Los Angeles Times, the Boston Globe, Oprah.com, Huffington Post. I mean, the list is huge. Mm. Um, it is fantastic. It's beautiful. It's lyrically written. If you like epistolary novels, if you love beautiful writing, I highly recommend it. The The deepest feeling for me was the connection between the mother and the son. Mm. I, all the other stuff kind of washes away because his love comes through in these letters and it's just, it's beautiful. I've only heard incredible things. About oh, this so book. good. So highly recommend it. So that's Unearthed We're Briefly Gorgeous. Gorgeous by Ocean Vaughn. That's a great one. Thanks friend. I'm going to read that one too. All right, so I went the, I'm glad you chose family love. I went the friendship love route. And oh, perfect. And I picked a book that most people are probably already reading, but I loved it so much. I had to talk about it, which is Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabriel Seven. Have you read I it? I have it on hold. I'm so excited. So this was, Cassie recommended this in a past episode. Um, and when she told me about it at first, I was like, you know, I trust Cassie. I'd read anything she recommended, but I was like, hey, it's about kids and they like video games and, mm -hmm. you know, I, I've never been much of like a huge video game head. I do play some, but mm -hmm. what I didn't realize was that this is a lifelong friendship story, which 
any lifelong friendship story I'm going to read. And it's about two characters, Sam and Sadie. They meet as children. They bond over a shared love of video games. And then, you know, they have this intense friendship and then they have a falling out as kids do. Mm -hmm. And then years later, they meet in a subway station when they're in college and they strike up their friendship again. They bond and over video games again and they become creative partners developing a video game together. And it's that sort of creative partnership that I love to read about, which is that sort of obsessive thing mm-hmm. where they are morning, noon, and night, you know, working on it, perfecting it, trying mm-hmm. to make something great together, really ambitious, a shared goal, a shared project. Mm-hmm. You know, after they make the video game, you see their whole life unravel. So it's it's this relationship where if you've had a long-term relationship with someone, you know how it goes, mm-hmm. where you're really, really close and you have this like intense close, closest, this intense intimacy, and then you kind of grow apart as your lives change, um, and it spans 30 years. Wow. So it, I, I have to say it was probably one of the best books I've ever read. It reminded wow. me of those classics that you read. Like, you know, I love Ann Patchett when yes. she has those big books. Oh, I love Ann Patchett. Like, they're character focused. Mm-hmm. They last, you know, over years and years. I'm thinking of the Dutch House particularly, which oh I love. Oh my gosh, loved. I love that book. Love it. I mean, so character focused. I especially love when there's like two main characters. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that's Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabriel Zeman. Loved it. Excellent recommendation. That is on my hold list right now. And uh, so I'll have to let you know. And um, what a fun way to go out when you're talking about friendship, Mm -hmm. because I feel like they worked on the video game. We worked on the podcast. Creative partnership. I didn't Creative partnership with you, Olivia. And how much fun it's been over the last, what, we started doing this about eight months ago, nine months ago. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. What a fun note to end on. The friendship that has been happening because of the podcast and just a fun way for us to get to know our coworkers too. Yeah, so totally shout out to any kind of love right on this Valentine's day or national singles awareness day or Galentine's day. However you want to celebrate it. Yeah. Any yeah. of that Heck stuff. Yeah. Love the Sometimes people in your life and tell them you love them. It's way more fun than Valentine's Heck yeah, it day. Is. It's true. I mean, let's be honest. You make some fajitas with your friends. Yeah, let's not put pressure on Valentine's Day anymore. Is anyone no. doing that? If you are, honey, it's fine. You can just, you don't have to. No, there's no pressure. We're not here to pressure anyone. No. Except maybe to pressure you to read more. Any- just kidding. There's no pressure. Little judgment if you don't, but. Yeah, <laughs> <nerd>. No, <laughs> just kidding. Take care, friends. As always, we hope that everything is going on okay in your lives. Love you. Bye. Bye, friends. Thank you for listening to The Books We Loved, a podcast through the Troy Public Library. You can find more information about the books and library services we mentioned in the show on our website at troypl.org podcast. If you would like to suggest a topic for future discussion, please email us at podcast at troypl.org. Thank you for listening and happy reading.